Hello and welcome to the tech segment of We're Drunk and We Know Things. We are once again in JB's Smokehouse. This month we are talking about UI UX. You know what's weird? No. They call it a smokehouse, but you're not allowed to smoke in it. It's true. I think, I think it's more referring to the food. You're not allowed to smoke the food either. No, the cows are allowed to smoke cigarettes before they kill them and They've put them into burgers. The like cows in the kitchen. Jeez. Got cows in the kitchen and a beard. It's not, it's not a Dolly Parton song. Uh, yeah, we're talking about UI and UX, um, and our producer this month is Peterson Smog Rocket. This is UI and UX. That's what I do. I drink. And I know things. It's a double acronym month. Ooh, thing. not a not a hand double acronym, not a DAM. Damn! It's a DAM! It's a damn month! We gotta talk about UI and UX. Yeah we have. What is that again? Well we'll get into it. But cool. before we get into oh, it, there the are point. two main observations I would like to make. Sure. One of them is quite important. It's a callback to the movie segment. Sorry, nerds. But uh, uh, occasionally we overlap. Sorry, Bill Gates, he listens. He doesn't know anything in real life. He, he learns everything from he knows this. quite a bit. He phoned me and he said, I know everything I know about tech from your podcast. And Tim nice. Berners-Lee phoned me and he was like, keep bigging it up, bruh. My dick pic Instagram's never been bigger. My phone's blowing up, son. And then a lot of racial epithets. <laughs> right. We haven't talked about him in ages. <laughs> so... Uh, in the uh, in last month's movie, we did we did Twister, and we worked out the type of twist that you wouldn't like to get caught up in. Yes, um, and there were some bad things. Which were they again? It was shit twist. It was fire twist. What was the third one? No, no, no. No, no. When you say it out loud, but, what was the third one? Um, a very, 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 very nice mustachioed man called Mark, who I actually host another podcast with. Oh, getting a plug in. Nowhere near as filthy as this one. I hope not. Uh, localhost.fm, by the way. The localhost. <laughs> Uh, pointing out that we missed one. Right. What happens if a tornado goes over a strip club? What do you get? <laughs> I'm still going to say cum twister. <laughs> no, titty twister. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, how do we miss that? Exactly. That's just, I blame the heat. That's as plain as the tits in your face. <laughs> anyway... Uh, the other observation that I would like to make is that we're actually recording this, um, uh, these, in fact, episodes. It, it's night time. We don't normally do this at night. In a weeknight. Or a school night, no less. Do you remember when you used to do this on a Sunday? Yeah, once. <laughs> that was abandoned. We did this once on a Sunday. I've never been so unhappy at work in my life. Imagine what a weird drink and we know things recording hangover feels like. <laughs> it's not. Especially back you in the day. You would welcome that That's come when, to we, when we were doing, like, database, when we did emojis... Oh, oh, boy. I had to be told three times you'd made an address with emojis. Right. <laughs> right. Business. 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 The business of business. business. The business of acronyms. The business of UIUX. Gentlemen, I call this podcast to order. Perfect. So what the hell are we talking about? I don't know. You tell me. It's kind of the point. Well, all right. Uh, <laughs> we're talking about two things. We're talking about UI. It stands for user interface. Right. I can't believe I just looked at my notes for It's amazing. Woo! I noticed that. Um, user interface being how... Uh, it's like the bit of the thing that you interact with. <laughs> right. Right, yeah. Oh, there's lots of things it's and right, stuff. So it's the buttons you click. Um, yeah. I mean, we'll get into it in detail, but that's, that's the bit of the thing... Thank God, because that was very, very... You are interfacing with, with the, the thing. U- not, you're not interfacing with the user. The user is interfacing. It does occur to me, I do have an entire section here on sex bots that I might skip. <laughs> sex bots! Um... You're talking and about sex bots. UX. <laughs> right. Which is user experience. Ultimate user experience. Which is how interacting with the thing makes you feel. But the experience Again. begins with an E. Yeah. This has been the tech segment of... <laughs> so nerds like to take things that begin with E, and uh, specifically things that begin with EX. Oh, and they make and it they're like, oh, we're just going to use the Because it's extreme. Not the E. Yeah, so it's that twisted. would be... Extreme programming do these same nerds is like, XP. Do these same nerds like Suicide Squad quite a lot? No, nobody likes Suicide Squad. Touche. 
I mean, Will Smith did his best, but Jesus. He's all right in it. <laughs> right, anyway, they are both subsets of industrial design. Right. And generally speaking, throughout the rest of this podcast episode, we're going to be talking about human-computer interaction. Sure. Yeah. Computer. You know, like Scotty when he picks Hello, up the computer. mouse. Why is that not in my notes? I, I've, I'm, I've been recently re-watching... This is how lucky my wife is, just as a side. I've recently been re-watching all the original Star Trek movies, and I emailed her today to say, once I finish watching all the original Star Trek movies, we should re-watch all of the Bonds. Just think, listener, you could be married to me. <laughs> I think that, to be fair, is um, a lot like how I imagine your love life being. It starts well, tails off in the middle, gets embarrassing, and then finishes strong. <laughs> it starts well, tails off in the middle, and then Patrick Stewart turns up, and then it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with user interface. Let's. Alphabetically, it's fast. You are you begins with an E. Oh, not in. The, we've just been through this. <laughs> Jesus, if I have to explain this to you one more time. We can break user interface down into two main bits. User like, and interface? Um, we could, but no. Not those uh, two bits, though. Basically, when we're interacting with a computer system, we're talking about input. Right. And. Excrement. No, input, the stuff we put in the computer, and an output that you get out, which yes. sometimes which could, could be excrement. Be excrement. It's yeah. true. It wasn't shit in, off. shit out, that's what they say about data. Well, most people say garbage in, garbage out, but yeah, why not? I like to be more profane in my Let's meetings talk about at work. Input. Let's talk about input. So input yeah. can be put in. I like to put it in slow at first. You have to thumb it in. <laughs> Look, what's the digital equivalent? Let's just cut to the chase. What's the equivalent of thumbing in a soft one? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's, you know that keyboard that you get with your, like, work computer? That's like a spongy are we back, piece of shit. Are we shit. back to how those keyboards like, feel? Uh, yeah. Do you need, we're going back to K again. Mm. Anyway. Fucking uh, hell, okay, right. Various different methods exist for inputting data. Yeah. Including. P and a V. Buttons, keyboards. B buttons, yeah. Right. I'm just moving on. <laughs> uh, pointing devices. So, mouses. Mm. Yes. And those little clitty things that they have on laptops. What about a stylus? Styli. Styli. Um, voted both ways. How about voice control? Yes. Hello, computer. <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. Uh, Perfect Irish accent. Touchscreens. He's Scottish. Yes. His name is literally cool, Scottish. It was a callback to the untouchables. Gestures and movement. So like, shaking a device. Like in the and Xbox Connect. I feel like we've done this episode. This is really weird. I'm getting massive podcast deja vu. Anyway. No, okay. Uh, Cameras, sure. Brainwaves. <gasps> Brainwaves. Oh, Is yeah. that like how prosthetic limbs work? Well, no, they work. Cause they're just like strapped onto. You. Yeah, but then they read your brainwaves, right? It's like, oh, your brain says your arm's moving, and then it moves it. Output is similarly diverse. Oh, I love diversity. Gotta say that right now. So, printers. <laughs> sure. Yeah, like literally just making marks Sound. on paper. Sound. Sound. Yeah. Speakers. Images. Screens, images, lights. Those sex toys you plug into a computer and it sucks your dick. Tactile responses. That's the one. And vibrations. <laughs> That's probably they a better way of putting it. That's a better way of putting it. Brainwaves. Brainwave output. Oh, yeah. You talk about Inception? You talk about Inception right now. Let's, you can't put an idea let's a take a wander back, shall we? Ooh. So we're going to take a wander down through the annals of time. <laughs> I, lo- I love how nonchalant you are this month. This is very good. <laughs> We should do this at night more often. Um, <laughs> we should. The history of the user interface is actually surprisingly interesting. That's lucky, because we've got a podcast about it. Yeah. So, in the early days of computers, we've talked about this before. Sure. And I remember it with great Input clarity. Input was quite physical. Sure. You were like, punch cards, is and it, they were coming just out. Just to be clear, is anybody else hearing the fact that literally everything I've said thus far has been incredibly dirty? Seriously, I'm about to have a nervous <laughs> breakdown. <laughs> It's everything I can do to not... Seriously. I just, so, yeah. you would... Um, uh, potentially, you would be using punch cards. Sure, yes. That's the word I just said. Or punched tape. Ooh. Yeah? Go on. Um, in a small puncher. some extreme early cases, you actually had to rewire the machine. 
Oh yeah, it would sure. be like you know those uh, like the old um, you see those old switchboards the old movie switchboards yeah, 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 the, the, the I'm kidding, you know. that was actually yeah, yeah. a way of programming a computer for oh, quite right. a while you were completing different circuits yeah exactly so oh, I've nailed it um, an output was similarly physical yep. they would basically make marks on paper sure yep. or turn light bulbs on and off but mostly yep. it was printing stuff yeah now the trouble with punch cards tape and all the rest of it is it's slow really slow to program really slow to load and then you've got to read it and it's error prone is it what error prone prone to error error notes. prone sorry yes there is a fantastic potentially a little bit um, an acronym story um, about a guy who worked in a computer lab for an insurance firm right um, and they were trying to run uh, like a bookkeeping program sure and in order for it to run they had to take the cards downstairs and it was so big that they had to load it overnight right and every morning they would come in and every morning they would discover that the program had crashed sure now this was a fairly common occurrence generally because you were literally making holes in cards sure but after oh, so about the, three the months the hole was off by a one millimetre and it was all gone to shit yeah after about three months this guy had gone through every single card yeah a dozen times yeah. he checked every inch of his logic right and he was convinced there was nothing wrong with the program there was a mouse in the machine wasn't there no Damn. he couldn't work out what was going on right to the point where he was basically more or less living at the office one night he sat there, watching as the program just gets fed into the machine. Right. The janitor comes in. <laughs> he just hits it with a baseball bat. No, and the janitor just sweeps the floor. Right. And then calls a button. The janitor reaches over, picks one of the cards out of the top of the hopper, uses it to scoop the dust out of the corner that he swept it into, That's... and throws the dust and the card in the trash. You fucking douchebag. And that janitor's no. name... Tim Berners no <laughs> so thank god you joined I had nothing I had nothing thank god you came in <laughs> that guy's name was Pedro <laughs> his name is uh, fuck him at nobody face. knows this hey. but that janitor had the biggest nuts in the world his name was and that was Antonio Banderas and that was how he got his big break yep true story during the 60s. Oh, yeah. Computers are getting, like, a bit more prevalent, and there's more of them. And they're bigger. And uh, they start to introduce the concept of a command line interface, where you type a command and it gives sure. you a response. Yeah, We've yeah. been over this before. I'm, I'm familiar. Um, it started with something called the Multi-CS Time-Sharing Operating System. Sure. Multi-Computer Science. Uh, I don't know how many times I have to say this, but nerds, get better names and stuff. Look, they, they were nerds. There's a little summer Developed at MIT. Right. And in 64, a guy called Louis Poussin. Poussin? Louis Baby Chicken? Louis Poussin? No, this is Zed. Poussin. He developed something called the Runcom tool. The which, what? The Runcom. Uh, Runcom. Runcom. Run command. Right. But shortened. <gasps> I've seen that on computers now. No, yeah. When you uh, go to CMD and you go to the run thing and you type in. There's a thing on DOS, that, right? That's short for command com. Not Runcom. Maybe I'll just Jesus. let you do this podcast. <laughs> um, now, that allowed for a much more immediate way of interacting with them. And with CLI, command line interface, right. came a whole bunch of uh, things that we will recognize today. Because they also ushered in the multi-user era. So the concept of users and login workflows and okay. all this kind of stuff. So you could recognize who was yeah, yeah. Putting in, inputting the commands and that kind of stuff. What's kind of fascinating about the early days of uh, command line interfaces, and even up to the current day, is that a lot of the terminals were 80 characters wide. Right. And you might be like, why is that interesting, Rob? Because... Why, 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 why is that interesting, Rob? Because the punch cards that they used to use right. had 80 columns. Oh, so they just like went along with... For no reason. Just because it was familiar? Yeah. It's weird. Um, yeah, that is weird. So, yeah, the well, IBM... They could have had as many as they wanted. Well, within reason. I mean, the screens were a bit shit. Oh, sure, to be fair, sure. 80 was probably pushing it. Right. But the fact that they settled on that, because it's like, well, yeah, you can only have this 80 columns, can't you? Maybe they were just trying to make the user interface easier to adapt to, ah. because people were used to the 80 characters. Familiar, familiar, lar- uh. fami- fami- 
Familiarity? That's the one. I got this, don't worry. Give me your notes. <laughs> right. We should do that one month. So, I'll give you your notes. I'll take your notes, you take mine, and we'll do each other's podcast. <laughs> this is where you realise that actually all I have on my notes is a giant ass key penis. It's just a massive picture of a cock, yeah. <laughs> Um, so early CLI systems used teleprinters for output. Okay. Although gradually, you know, screen technology sure, came sure. in. Yeah, yeah. Um, all 80 columns of it. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, and the CLI is still active. It's still a thing that is used. Oh, really? Like, yeah, 100%. To 80 characters? Uh, by default. Right. Although you can kind of maximize it and it. you get like 12,000. <laughs> well, yeah, that will give um, you more scope. Basically, because it's powerful, mm-hmm. it's really efficient in terms of bandwidth. Right. So, if you want to connect to a remote system, yep. it's the best way to do it. Right. And it's super stable. Okay. Computers have been doing CLI interfaces since the 70s. So, when you watch movies and they're like trying to tap into a network or something like that, and it brings up, they always look going to the command Little black line, box right? With yeah, the green, yeah. Green text. Yeah, 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 yeah. CLI. Right, okay. okay. Cue the 70s. Hey! Summer Love has been in Studio gone. 54, baby! Bowie's at the top of his powers. And engineers are starting to consider the computer as a bit more prevalent than just academia <laughs> and industry. That's cool, man. Not really. I don't know. It, it, you used a voice that suggested it was cool. Yeah, well, that's how they get you. <laughs> oh. The thing is that a lot of them realised that the CLI was great, powerful, wonderful, sure. amazing, but it had a, like, a redonk learning curve. Right. Because you had to know the commands to type into it. Oh, right. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay, and if yeah, you yeah, know yeah, how yeah. to run the command line Yeah, it wasn't just like, hey, you, yeah. do this. It was so like, they're looking for something yeah. that's a bit more intuitive. Right. And a chap called Douglas Engelbart. Douglas Engelbart. Engelbart. Best name ever. Best English um, name ever. Hello, Douglas Engelbart's name. Spearheaded this new concept of interaction. Right. Which was graphical in nature. Graphical in nature. So is he uh, trying to make it... Because computers are not giant rooms full of tape, he's trying to make it more available to the layman well, by making the user interface easier to use. Yeah, exactly. So right. more accessible. Okay. More accessible. Yes. Um, and he built something called the NLS operating right. system right. via a project that was known rather scarily as the augmentation of human intellect. Amazing. This sounds like an episode of Star Trek. I mean, don't know about you, but I'm not funding that guy. The augmentation of human intellect? Yeah. Can you put a computer in my, gra- in my brain, bro? Mm. That'd be amazing. So it was demoed. Imagine if I could be brought up to the level of intelligence of, like, I don't know, a chimp. That would be incredible. Well, you wouldn't need me for it anymore. we never work out which end of the banana I need to bite to open it. I don't think it matters. I don't know. One of them makes me gag. <laughs> Anyway, he made the NLI. <laughs> wow. Uh, he made the NLS operating system that was demoed in 1968 right. at the ACM IEEE Computer Society's Fall Joint <laughs> Computer Conference. Fucking This, by Computer the way, Con, 68. this demo Boom, done it. Is Already now, punched it up. It was given the moniker right. the mother of all demos because these nerds the were blown away. Oh, yeah, but we're never blown, weirdly. We're never blown. Well, I reckon maybe a couple of them were. Well, they could, could they afford hookers? Well, yeah, they're engineers. Sure, or they could build one. We'll come to the sex bots later. Sorry. The NLS was the first de- system to uh, demonstrably make use of concepts such as a mouse. Right. First ever mouse. It was yes. literally a box with a button on the top. Oh, so it wasn't a ball underneath, it was just uh, a clicker. It was, there was a ball-y thing, there was two wheels, in fact. Oh, okay, right, okay. That's amazing that they were like, oh, we'll put wheels on it, until someone was like, a ball, right? With wheels inside that reads the dimensions of the balls. Uh, of the ball. Of the balls. It's clever, man. Um, a pointer attached to the mouse. Sure. Ops, otherwise, you're just a guy who's wheeling it <laughs> Just wheeling it around. This, feels, this is fun. This is fun, but I need I to do some work. Um, the concept of windows. Right. So the oh, idea. Windows in a window is not you know, as in. But things windows. that were in boxes that could yeah. be you know, toggled in and out, given focus. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the concept of hyperlinks. So he did all of this in one go? Well, him and his team, yeah. And his name was Fred Savage. His no, name that's the guy from The Wonder Years. It was Douglas Engelbart. Douglas Engelbart. Sorry. Benedict Cumberbatch. And he fucked. Oh, <laughs> yo. 
Yeah, I've got about five. The trouble is that even after all of this effort and all right. this amazing technology, right. you also he also completely missed the fact that he invented the hyperlink. So he could link the windows together so he could open another window you using... You could click text and it did something. Right, okay. Yes, oh, right, who right, claims right. to have invented that? Is it our favourite dirty bird? It is. He doesn't claim to have invented that, by the way. Does he not? He's way too good. He knows that he just used it. But but who does claim to have invented it? uh, Well, Douglas. Oh, okay, right. That was all. That was all. That was all. AKA Fred. Um, Engelbert. After all that, the NLS system was not easy to use. Right. The keyboard was something called a corded interface system, which meant that to do anything, you literally had to push multiple buttons in different combinations. Is this pre QWERTY? Oh, very much. Right. Well, no, because QWERTY was like a type. When we get to Q, thing, have we got to do QWERTY? Because I feel like I don't know why that's a thing. Or we can do that now. We've gone past Q. When we get back round to Q. <laughs> Wait, Maybe. did we do QWERTY? <laughs> we didn't no. do QWERTY. Oh, we did keyboards. We did keyboards. No, yeah, I, remember. On this. I remember. It's yeah, available no. online. Yeah, I remember. In our Sorry, I remember. I'm, I'm not. I'm testing available you. at wda I was testing you, and you've uh, you failed. Basically, he built something that was amazing, but also still insanely complicated. So it was a bit easier, but it was difficult in a different no, way. it was impressive, yeah. but impossible to use. Right, provided you weren't Humberdink Engelbert. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Meanwhile. Meanwhile, in the Batcave. A team at the uh, Xerox-funded... Palo Alto Research Centre. Xerox got their fingers in everything. You kept bringing them up oh, yeah. during the memory thing as well. Well, that's because... Right, we'll get on to Park in a bit. Park being the Palo Alto Research Centre, by the way. I know. Yeah, okay. They were working on their own GUI-based WIMP platform. A GUI-based WIMP platform? And I've got to name-check these guys because, as you'll find out in a moment, they got ass-raped. Oh, God. Was there I mean, a break-in at the lab? Me- met- <laughs> oh, no, actually. Oh, Jesus. Wow, I thought this took a sinister so, turn. Um, well, they ran a train on them. we give a shout-out <laughs> to Alan Kay, Larry Tesla, Dan Ingalls, David Smith, Clarence Ellis, and a whole bunch of other researchers because Xerox built their own system that was like the precursor of modern GUI. Graphic right. user interfaces. They gave it... Uh, well, they built something called Alto, which was used internally at Xerox. Oh, I've heard of Alto. Yeah, no, I'm Xerox thinking of Alto, Alto Vista. Yeah. <laughs> Not um, the same. And they gave it to the Xerox management. And Xerox management made something called Xerox Star. And they completely screwed the picture on marketing it or selling it. So it didn't go anywhere. Oh, so it was an amazingly actually usable interface yep. that they insane, actually fucked Insane, insane piece of engineering. Was, was Dave Tesla no. related to... Okay. It's ER. Probably too much to ask. <laughs> But he was related to Eli Roth. The trouble is... <laughs> Not the same guy. No. I'm joking, it's fine. Shut I up. know the guy's name, just don't ask me. The trouble is that, meanwhile, <laughs> we have up-and-coming home computer maker... Sure. Steve Jobs. And his engineering buddies, they released the Apple II, they're dominating the world. Yeah. And, rather hilariously, he had teams working on a new user interface for yeah. uh, two computers, the Lisa... Yeah, and yeah. The Macintosh. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. I've seen Jobs. Cool. And they the nicked it Macintosh. all of the Xerox. <laughs> yeah, basically. Because <laughs> the Macintosh launched in 82. Yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah. It's, this is like crazy, cringeworthy, knuckle bitingly. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, it had a full desktop WIMP GUI. This is Xerox Star. Bunch, no, this is Mac. Sorry, this is Mac. Okay, the sorry. first Mac. Yeah, yeah. There's a bit of contention. If you read back through the notes as to just how inspired Apple were by Xerox. Inspired in enormous inverted commas, presumably. hilarious thing is that in order to actually get the visit to Park, Jobs basically gave Xerox a massive stock buying option to Apple. Oh, really? So So they pseudo-bought them out? Pretty much. But none of that made it down to the Park guys. We'll market your product better and give you some back end if you let me have a butcher's at L- your technology. A little bit. Uh, I mean, You've the thing is that Apple actually man. took... The same the, way that Gordon Gecko Apple was. took the part model to an extreme. Yeah. They put all sorts of bells and whistles. They yeah, made yeah. it super shiny. They made it yeah. sexy and amazing and wonderful. Yeah. But still, fundamentally, they it was nicked the, it. Yeah. But it seems like a running theme of this podcast. Apple 
Yeah. Reigned supreme in the GUI space for a few years. Sure. Until Microsoft launched something called Windows 1.0. And what's that? Well, what impact do you think Windows 1.0 had on the general computing space? I'm going to say... None? Pretty much fuck all. Oh. It was terrible. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Shit. Going for a laugh. It's back, yeah. back for a terrible. Really? Yeah, so they improved it and they released right. Windows 2.0. Right. Which also had next to no noticeable impact oh, really? on the market. So was it just a straight up copy? Or was it just like it a half-assed version? Or, yeah. It had none of the style, none of the design, none of the flair. It was terrible. They released Windows 3... And all of a sudden, right. ding, 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 Microsoft have a winner. Right. So is that, is, well, Microsoft were behind. Do you think it was because of the style and the flair? Was it that Jobs was a showman and knew what bells and whistles the populace wanted? But Microsoft did all the actual gubbins. It had all the bits that it needed to do. As we will discover, as nice. hopefully in a short while, UI is so much about how a thing looks and, sure. and moves, yeah, but yeah. also Oh, you mean why I have an iPhone and not an Android feels. phone? Yeah. And Microsoft, they got no feel. They got no game. Sure. They got UI and they got no UX. Yeah. 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 So, 1990, Windows 3 is released, and all of a sudden, Microsoft's a flavor of the month. GUI start popping up everywhere, right? right. Everybody's doing GUI. Amiga Workbench, Risk OS, GeoS, X Windows running on Linux that we talked about at Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You probably don't remember that because you're still like googly eyed from The Last Jedi. I remember we did the episodes. New versions of Mac OS updated, Windows updated, better displays, more features. And they basically brought this out to a whole raft of new computer users. Yeah. Windows 95, Windows 98. And has Windows always been more affordable than Apple? Honestly, no. Early days, you got an operating system with a computer. You had to buy the computer to get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only recently that Apple have started giving the stuff away. And well, frankly, they just announced a phone that costs one and a half thousand <laughs> yeah. things. Yeah, motherfuckers will buy it, though. Motherfuckers will buy oh, it. Oh, the OS is free and will give you free upgrades. But, like, whenever more I like bought, spent on my laptop. Whenever you went to PC World, when I was a kid, and my parents decided they, we needed a computer, it had Windows on it. It wasn't a Mac. It, was, it had yeah. Windows on it. It's always been more... The proliferation of it has always been bigger. There's a whole thing, and it's all to do with Office, basically. Right, okay. Fine. If you were in Office, you were Everybody Word. uses Word, so yeah. Um, so, we get this amazing dead spot in UI development, which kind of lasts until 2007, when nothing interesting happens. I mean, they're just iterating, and they're what, kind of like... Even Windows 95. Even Windows XP. All right. Even Windows XP happened. Professional. But no, I'm, I was not, being facetious. <laughs> these are not world-changing changes. No, no, no. It's just like shinier windows. The corners aren't squares anymore. They're round. Yeah. Yeah. It's bubbles, not windows. Way. Yay. 2007, what happens? Right, let me down. Uh, 9-11. Uh, um, oh, the iPhone comes out. Yes. Yes. I've nailed it. So Apple again take um, they just basically just change the rules like yeah like, what about a touch screen you son of a bitch yeah. and all of a sudden we've gone from having like shitty mobiles where you have to press buttons may I go back one, one step you may what about the iPod with the turny wheel oh yeah with, the, with the interfacey wheel the wheel never turned but it felt like it was turning don't be wrong that's that, a different UI that thing that establishes right? Apple as masters of you, uh, user interaction design sure but it's not actually a step forward technologically. Mm, it, it's just utilising yeah. things that already no. exist. It didn't... I mean, let's put it this way. Is there anything still using that? <laughs> no. No. What are they all using? Well, apart, apart from cool people like Edgar Wright, he still has an iPod. Because the memory was so much better, he has all his music on it. And if it's good enough for Edgar Wright, it's good enough for me. Funny, not true, I've got an iPhone. I'm pretty sure that my phone's connected to the internet, which is the memory of the entire world. That is true. So, Edgar Wright... You can suck my iPhone. Don't say that. He might be a listener. Well, of course Not really, Edgar. I really respect you. And, like, let's get together and have a hug. So, prior to the iPhone, UI on phones was pretty poor. Like, really bad. Was it really bad? Was it really? Oh, think back. I never had it. I didn't. I didn't get one until I got. I got a six. No, no, that was just a phone. A oh right, phone. I'm sure it was like a Nokia. It was like, oh, they've or got something. color and they've uh, got themes. Snake. And yeah, right. 
feathers. Yeah, feathers. A snake is the pinnacle of what you could do with a smartphone. You no, I know. I get you. I get you. Um, Apple brought elements of Wimp, Windows icon mouse pointer. Sure. Uh, but they also brought changes and compromises because they got massive reduced screen real estate and you had to touch and what have yeah, you. Yeah. The concept of haptic feedback, gesture interaction. Yeah, that's mental. That's all Apple, right? And that's something you take so for granted now, but it's bananas. Yeah. It's bananas. Like the double pressing on the screen haptic feedback thing is Double insane. pressing or force touch is like... Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, when they announced it, I was a little bit... I don't get this. Yeah. And then you start using it like, no, but oh that's, no. That's, that's the genius of it, is you get it and you don't have to read something. I've never read a user ma- I've never read a user manual for an iPhone. You just pick it up and go, oh, that's how it works. You just do. You just go, oh, right. The Zoom, not so much. <laughs> uh, no. Also, I'm not going to lie, I do have to look at the manual with my iPad because I can do a split screen thing, but I can never remember which version of this. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. It looks like I'm either you fingering can, I'm or milking a wombat. I'm left-handed and you can make the, the keyboard left-handed, but it just makes it more difficult because I'm so used to the normal keyboard before they brought in the update that I've never bothered. Good story. Why don't you keep going, Rob? We've got more to say about where UI goes, mm-hmm. but not yet, because now we have to get our Exxon. Oh, we're switching streams. Exxon Valdez. <laughs> sure. That really doesn't work, does it? I don't even know what you're referencing. Uh, the Exxon Valdez was a crude oil tanker that sank and caused a rather horrible ecological thought, disaster. I thought Exxon was uh, a bad oil company from Marvel. But now I think about it, that's Roxxon. Rock, anyway, let's move on. Rocks off. <laughs> UX. No. UX. User experience. It's all about how it makes you feel, baby. Yeah, so... This is a term that is coined by, was coined by, a chap called Don Norman. Donny Norm. Yeah, Don Norman is a pioneer in the field of cognitive engineering and usability engineering. And that guy fast. He's got like three PhDs and only one of them is in origami. <laughs> he also wrote, um, and this is a legit plug, he wrote a book called The Design of Everyday Things. Right. Which I would encourage I've heard of this anybody book. to read. I, no, I've actually right? heard of this It's book. not a design like, oh, I'm just going to buy it and put it Read it. Um, there's a Netflix documentary based on this book. Yes. Which I highly recommend you so watch. read the book and then maybe watch the TV show. No, watch Because I'm sure you're going to get more out of the TV show than the book. Yeah, but you don't Fucking have to film read. Right, anyway. <laughs> um, UX is a combination of a load of different subsections. Right. It's not like a thing. It's a whole bunch of different things. And as a whole, it deals with how users experience interaction through and with a system and what they feel as a direct result of that interaction. Yeah, yeah. Which all sounds like hippie bullcrap. But actually, it's... But bear with me. It's everything you take for granted. So... It's what we're saying about why you know how to use your iPhone, even though you've never had one before. Yeah. So let's start... We're going to work our way through some of the, some of the sections. Yep. I'm going to start with probably the most boring, but also kind of one of the coolest forms. Sure. Information architecture. Okay. Now, IA, IA. is... Yeah! Basically, <laughs> how, you, how do you structure, organize, and label information within the system? Right. So think about your iPhone. Yep. The app's just there on the home screen. Yeah, yeah. You can put them into folders if you want. Yeah. I mean, I do. I have one home screen. I'm extremely anal about it. It's Other extremely organised. like, scroll for weeks to get to WhatsApp. My wife has it organised by colour. Nice. Yeah. So you... you Is that across, not, it's like, like, really confusing? Blue into purple, into red, into yellow, into orange, into yellow. Because I know I want Spotify. No, I know. It's green. I'm going to put no. it in amongst all the other green It looks things. awesome, but it's the equivalent of High Fidelity when he makes his records in, in autobiographical order. Yeah. But yeah. Right, it looks anyway, awesome, but good uh, luck. The other thing that you have as part of information architecture is how you can actually find and manage data. Right. So, again, think um, WhatsApp. Yeah. How do you find a chat? How do you find a contact? All of right. this is data that's at the heart of your experience of yeah, using yeah, yeah, that yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of it is managed. You just don't think about it. Yeah. Because, by and large, IA is one of the... Well, let's put it this way. It's one of the simpler things to get right. But it's, when it's one wrong, of the really most catastrophic when you get yeah, it wrong. Yeah, yeah. Looking at you, Apple, by the way, with your new file manager on iOS. Yeah, what the fuck is that? Anyway, let's we'll get, then we'll get back around to F. Next up, we're getting kind of <laughs> sexier. We're building up the yeah. sexy levels. We've got interaction design. Hello. ID. ID. <laughs> Not actually called that by anybody. 
is now. Yeah. Um, Zeitgeist. Continue so, so updated. What happens when you push a button? A thing happens. Well, no, but what physically happens to the button? Does it change? Do you uh, get some kind of feedback? Oh, you mean, does when I press an app, does it, like, blur out? Does it puff up like yeah. I've squished down on a button or something? Does it? Do I get haptic feedback? Do I make a noise? All of does this it make a noise? interaction. What I mean, happens I when you actually interact? All of that right. is designed as part of UX. So that's a whole thing yeah. of what happens when you Have you ever noticed app? that when you're scrolling through stuff on an iPhone, yeah. it feels good? And it feels like you are actually scrolling a thing. Yeah. That momentum... So the that, haptic feedback of this page scrolling is... It's not is haptic, like, but... But, like, you know, it feels like a rumbly thing. Like, it's actually a thing. Like, there are little wheels really? inside. You have a rumbly scrolling app? Yeah, I feel like when you move a thing... No. Okay, maybe that's just in my brain. But no, the momentum. The fact that when you scroll, it keeps going for a bit. Oh, and then it slows down eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all of that is designed meticulously. Yeah, sure. Cool. Nothing really, happens by accident, does it? Wrong. it doesn't. You're yeah. on like a shitty website that's overridden it. You scroll and it just stops. And you're like, the you fuck, scroll right? up from too low on the screen. Then that fucking menu comes up and says, you want to turn on Bluetooth? And you're like, ah, I'm just trying to read the next line that, of the porn. That is a bit of a fail. Yeah, that is a fucking pain yeah. in the ass. Um, simpler things, like when you push and hold a key. Yeah. How quickly does it start to repeat? How quickly it repeats? And how, how long do you hold it? How fast does your mouse move around the screen? Yeah, but you can adjust that, right? Yeah. But that's so weird. At the same time, getting it right out of the box... That's all no, impossible. Yeah, yeah. What's the best fit for the most people? We're into my favourite one in UX, which is usability. Right. And this is like the most obvious: um, the ease of use and the learnability of a system. Right. And the reason this is my favourite is because it's all common sense. But imagine that somebody gave you a screwdriver, but the handle was made of spam. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Or. Highly polished glass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Both perfectly it's, valid it's material right, choices. It's the right tool for the job, but he just can't fucking use it. Completely unusable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and to be fair, people fuck up usability more often than Oh, you, you mean think. like the Xbox 360 hand controller? Often. Oh. Often, because they're either trying it's to be too innovative yep. or too stylish. They yeah. forget. Yeah, 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 yeah. At the core of this, you've got to yeah. be able to use the damn thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look at you bang an awful So, you know, it did, without too much of a decide, that is why the PlayStation controller is, our, for me, still the best controller in the world. Yeah. It looks sexy, but also it's the most easy to Incredibly use Incredibly well designed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the next one is actually probably one of the most important. Um, accessibility. Yeah. And the reason it's important is because uh, accessibility has kind of two main meanings. Yeah. There's the actual broad accessibility meaning, which is the idea that you can actually use the thing yeah. without getting electrocuted um, or without having to break your thumb. Uh, right, okay. Or in the case of, say, for example, Nintendo released something called the DS Lite. So that's like a good example of that is like the new Xbox controller that's been designed for uh, disabled people who it's like a different, totally different interface. Well, this that's is, accessibility over style. This is the other half of accessibility yeah. and this is actually making things accessible to users who are in some way um, impaired. Yeah, yeah. Whether that's mm. sight impaired, hearing impaired, um, touch so impaired, voice limit, control, yeah. gesture control, all of this stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that, to be honest, is something that we're the best in the world. There are some elements of industry have always done it. Yeah. Like the Otis Corporation. Lifts okay. are pretty accessible. Yeah, sure. Uh, except in the Trump building. Yeah, it doesn't that? shock me. Trump no. literally going on record as saying, let's get rid of the fucking Braille. No blind people are ever going to live in Trump Tower. Is that a thing? Yep. Came across that one today. Just every day is your, a school Your blood day, boiling moment every is brought day to you is by We're Drunk and We Know angering school day. And I know we're not getting political, but seriously. I mean, there's political um, and it's just fucking morality. Anyway. Anyway. A lot of systems have kind of let accessibility slide until sure. recently. Computer games consoles being a big one. Yeah. So they'll have, have like very subtitles. Able to use it. Um, and kind of like um, motion controllers and, yeah, and that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's very um, limited. And they're sure. kind of addressing it. Yeah. yeah. Right. And finally, the big finish Ooh. in UX is Don't visual come on me, design. <laughs> Visual design. Ah, uh, VD. <laughs> Again, Mate, nobody calls it that. If you keep serving them up, I'm going to keep knocking them out of the park. <laughs> Visual design, fundamentally, how a thing looks. Yes. 
Oh, in the individual design, there are trends. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, they definitely are. Yeah, of course there are. Yeah. And the trends are normally uh, driven by dominant players in the space. Right. So, like, rounded corners and shit like that, and then yep. everyone's got... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, let's take, uh, like, we're going back a bit. So, original UIs yep. were originally quite simple. Sure. Out of necessity, because they'd literally come from a screen that could do 80 columns, and now they're only asked to do full-color graphics. Yeah. Um, later on we get more power into the computer we get more power into the uh, screen and the graphic systems and it means they get more flexibility and they get explorations of cool shit like skeuomorphic design ah the old skeuomorphic design do you know what that is? nope no good don't die until our producer told me what it is cool Um, you know this is killing him right? I think we're pretty good at the moment the one subject he's he's an actual expert on and we're like nope Get oh. off mic, bro. <laughs> to be fair, he should have known better than to take crack, because then he would still be an expert. That's true. That's true. Now, the idea of skeuomorphic design is the application of real-world... Sorry, real world Can I have some crack? I mean, no, I mean, no what? <laughs> real-world textures... Yes. ...and properties... Right. ...to things that aren't the thing that they are. Sure. Right? Yeah, that makes so, sense. That makes sense. Like the fact that when you're writing uh, a letter on a computer... Yeah. ...and the background is paper-textured... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. it doesn't need to be paper textured. But is that but also extend to the things we were talking about with keyboards, with like the different feedback of keys? Makes it feel like a typewriter, makes it feel like By whatever. Large, hilariously, haptic I know it's visual, we were talking about visual, but it's uh, still on a... On a touch keyboard yeah. is pure skeuomorphism. Right, yeah, yeah. But also it serves a very relevant purpose. That one makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A paper texture on a bit of paper that I'm typing on does yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, no, sure. Uh, nor does, uh, say, sound editing software, mm. where they give you physical dials that you have to turn. Yeah, that's super weird. But you're I turning them with your that. mouse. Yeah. It's like, am I meant to do this? Or it's just a difficult to action to up? actually make. Making oh. a circle with a mouse is actually quite difficult. Apple yeah. used it in uh, the first, like, the main first release of iOS yep. massively. Okay. Um, to the point where Steve Jobs actually introduced a texture into the calendar app in OS X. Right. And it was leather backed. Oh. And that leather apparently was his favourite leather. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, not you. If you want to know what skeuomorphism looks like when it goes like to its natural conclusion, you want to mm. Google something called Microsoft Bob. Microsoft Bob? Yeah. It's the texture of Bob. No, it was what they released <laughs> in between Windows 95 and Windows 98. Might be Windows 3.1 and Windows 95. Right. And they decided that people didn't feel at home with this whole like Windows and icons. It was too dehumanized. Right. So... Rather than that, you would log into Windows and you basically logged into like um, a desktop that looked like a log cabin study. So it's like all that shit when you get an email from somebody and they've changed the background of their emails oh, to make no. it look like a f- it's written on a flower mosaic. Seriously, Bob all that shit. took this to an extreme. Oh, it annoys me you so much. You literally logged into an office. And if you what? wanted to find your contacts, well, I want to send you had email. to double-click on the Rolodex. No. On the desk. I have to send someone an email. You've got to click on a typewriter. Yep. Fuck off, Microsoft. I don't use a computer so it's as difficult to use as the rest of reality. That's the point of a computer existing. Fortunately, furious. sanity furious? prevailed. <laughs> sort of. Um, well, yeah, mostly. because the contrast to, make out The contrast to Richard, nothing at all. It was a terrible thing. <laughs> It was hated. It was loathed. <laughs> Nobody used it. Windows 95 came along and they're like, yeah, okay, oh, you have icons back. You've made a super useful tool into something massively manual. The counterpoint to so-called rich design <laughs> is Spartan flat design. design. Oh, great flat design. Trying to be too smart. And this, uh, again, Microsoft, actually, Microsoft, for the first time, were a trend setter in this oh, space. Hello. They used something called Metro UI on uh, right. Windows 8, I think. Right. Um, I'm still on Windows 7, so I have no idea. Yeah, uh, you've got that to look forward to. <laughs> now, flat design is based around simple icons, flat shapes, very right. simple geometric shapes. Sure. Iconography and typography. Yeah, yeah. In place of, like, images and textures and yeah, pictures yeah, yeah. of a dog. Pictures of a dog. Now, bear in mind, Metro kind of came out and everybody was like, oh, hang on a minute. Because flat design proved two things. Right. Firstly, old people hated it. Shocker. But young people loved it. Yeah, but fuck the old people. And young people were massively more efficient at using systems that were based around flat design. Sure, okay. They were faster, they were happier, they were more productive. Yeah. More time vaping and and growing, like, neck beards and... 
like trying Bro- all Man different beers that all taste and... the same, but we all say they yeah. taste different. I mean, nothing. So Google follows suit with something that's called material design. Right. But Google's material design is literally like an opus in UX and UI uh, right. and, and toolkit. Because not only did it provide visual elements, right. they also gave you things like interaction components. So they told you not only how a button would look, but what should happen when you click on it. Right. Um, and if you wanted to pop in an alert, they explained exactly how to do it. Right. As a result, what you end up with is this amazing synchronous landscape of Google-based applications, including their mobile right. and all of their web apps, right. that all look and feel exactly the same. That's so mental. you're never lost. You just always know exactly what to do. Yeah. Unless it's your first time to Google Land, in which, which case... Which is you only available on Android phones. Yeah, pretty much. Right. Apple did flatten out iOS oh, and OS say, X. Why haven't Apple nicked this yet? Uh, but they didn't do it to the same degree. They literally just simplified, smoothed it over, and decided that that was enough for them. Right. So the UI UX guys don't have it easy. Sure. Because... Um, Significantly more complicated than perhaps I given it thought. Yeah. Yeah. And even more so when you consider that a lot of these systems, uh, I mean, let's take Android, right? They're right. a nice, easy one. Yeah. Uh, because um, you can buy an Android phone. Yep. Which is yay big. You know, it's probably about six inches. Hello. Uh, you can also buy an Android tablet that's about the same size as, say, a good tablet like an iPad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, about nine inches. Yep. You can buy an Android watch which is barely an, like an inch and a half in diameter. Yeah. Or you can buy an Android-powered 60-inch smart television. Sure. And they all have to run the same operating system. That, that, I don't know what you're talking about. the same UI, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. UX. Yeah. How do you build something that scales? Sure. Okay. I mean, the answer is clearly you don't. You, you massively cheat uh, yeah. and, and do different versions <laughs> of it. I was going to say, but okay, yeah. The concept of... Uh, I've got an Android TV. It's not the same as an Android phone. It's not just a big or the same as a watch. Not the same. Uh, but at the same time, some bits of it are. Right. And you'll see similarities between the Play Store on your TV, but will the, code... the Play Store on your phone, and the Play Store on a PC. But will the background stuff be the same with a different UI and UX? On the scaling, it's got a different size. It's got a different face on it, but the backgrounds, the, the gubbins are all the same. But it's also it's the feel. It's the fact that you know you're using Android. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and it all that's has really, a tie really in. hard to do. Yeah. You mean clunky and not terribly, not very intuitive. There's a whole bunch of other bits and pieces that are coming up. But we'll talk about those in a moment. Because now it's time to blow your mind (laughs) with an amazing fact. (laughs) Cue jingle. Do we have a jingle for that? No. For which I blame you. I can sing one. Go on then. Now you've, you've made me shy. For the first time in this podcast, I feel shy. I was really hoping it was going to be like Amazing Grace, <laughs> but Amazing Fact. Oh, that would have been good. Yeah. But the, the time has gone. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> we actually fact. have an Amazing Fact and also an Nerdgasm. They're separate oh. things. A chap called Jared M. Spool. Jared M. Spool, okay. Yeah. He's a UX designer. Of course he is. Very famous. Well, now. <laughs> he is he's now. quite famous then. Now that he's been in our podcast. He was working he with a well-known e-commerce website. Right. And what he was doing was reviewing their checkout process. Right. And their checkout process was pretty simple. Uh-huh. You would add shit to your basket, you would click checkout, and it would take you to a small form that said, would you like to register for an account mm-hmm. or log into your existing account? Right. It's just e-commerce website called Amazon. It's a well-known e-commerce <laughs> website. So Spool and the team of uh, UI UX experts that he was working with mm-hmm tested this and realised that actually this was causing them a bit of a problem because a lot of people either hadn't registered and we'll therefore had to do a whole big thing yeah yeah uh, you preempted a little or I... couldn't remember their own shit so they actually worked out that there were like 50% of people had more than one account in the system some of them had yeah, 10 accounts like that in the like system me. there's a website I buy t-shirts from and uh, yeah sounds about right and so they decided that they would add a single button to this web form. Right. And it simply said, continue. And ah. underneath, a bit of expansion text, you don't need an account. Yeah. If you wish to save your details, this is a to save you time. Go for your life. Yeah. yeah. 
as a result, the site's actual converted sales increased yeah. by 45%. I've abandoned buying stuff online because it's like, just quickly fill out this enormous form and set up it like, no, I just no, no, I done. just want to buy one replica Batarang and, board and then I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, maybe I don't need to buy replica Christopher Nolan Batman Batarang. Maybe I should just not do that because I've had to put my email address in something. <laughs> As a result of this single button, the site sales increased by 45%. Mm-hmm. Which in real terms equated to $300 million. Well met. That's a, that's a number that Dr. Evil couldn't think that's, of. That's like one button. That's mental. $300 million because they said you can check out as guest. Yeah. What was the website? A well-known <laughs> e-commerce website. Why run, can't you say? Run by top... Men. Dub men. I can't say because uh, nowhere, no version of this story de- discloses it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to say it's uh, Anne Summers. I'm I'm reckoning Target. What's or the top? Walmart? What's the top dildo salesman in the world? Bigblackcocks.com. There you go. That's the one. There's a reason they're number one. Not just also, the domain. This is the nerdgasm. You're right. There Not wasn't the nerdgasm. No, <laughs> that was just cool. <laughs> Can I just say, Xerox Park yes. are freaking awesome. They are. They sound awesome. And they sound underappreciated. Yeah, because not only did they invent the modern GUI... Should we have the first on 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 podcast cheers into Mike to oh, Xerox no, Park? No, let's wait till we get to the end of this list and then you can cheers. Oh, okay, that sounds Then fine. you're going to be taking that your hands off and running around the room. Oh. Um, they also played a major role in the development of the laser printer... Right. Well, well Xerox. Xerox. <laughs> but still. Photocopier. Yeah. Was that pretty big? Yeah. Computer generated bitmap graphics, without which basically we'd still be looking at green text on our black background. Sure. That indeed. was all them. Bitmap. What are you talking about? The uh, WYSIWYG paint? text editor. Not the WYSIWYG text editor. Well, Which one was you that? Know, word. Uh, word. What you see is what you get. Word. Desktop processing. You can't. They no. can't see my word. Oh. Yeah. WYSIWYG turned into Word. Interpress, which was a pro- precursor to PostScript, which right. was a precursor to PDF. Right. The idea that you can actually lay text out in a yeah. transmittable, reusable form. So basically... So they invented PDFs, Word, Bitmap, which yep. is the BMP file from Paint. This one you're going to love. Right. Ethernet. I thought it was yeah. Ethernet. 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 That's fine. Really? Yeah. That was invented at Xerox. Xerox? Part. Yep. You know what's great about them as well? They didn't make computers for the fucking Nazis. <laughs> We're not done. They oh. also for, uh, invented something that I suppose we refer to as fully formed object-oriented programming. How fully formed? They invented the small talk programming language. Long Literally, long. anybody who does development will be like, holy shit, they invented object-oriented programming? That's amazing. It's I like use a really every day. super usable programming language that wasn't like... It was the nightmare. ultimate programming paradigm. It is still pretty much the go-to programming paradigm on, in it? the entire world. What's it called? Oh, oh. Object uh, orientation. Oh, no, no. And, not happy with that, they then went on to invent prototype-based programming, which uh, was used in a little thing called JavaScript. Oh, my God. Oh, Java! Yeah, My computer's always telling me to... JavaScript. Java, by the way, is a massive object-oriented language. Right. And owes all of its shit to... So when my my computer's always been like, do you want to update Java? Yeah, you can blame Xerox. And model view controller architecture. MVZ. Okay, yeah. Yeah. None of that's meant to mean anything to you. No, that's good. That's but literally, good. I'm going to get Mike to do this because I can't actually cheers you, nerds of the world, to we Xerox Park, ladies and gentlemen. To Xerox Park, apparently. And they introduced something arguably better than anything else of all those things. People photocopying their butts and putting it on people's desks. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. That was pretty good. That was cool. And because of the Ethernet thing and the scanning thing. They but they wouldn't be able to do them. that if the UI and UX wasn't so good that people realized that it would make their butt warm when they sat on the thing. If they didn't make it seat shaped, then people wouldn't have sat on it. It's not seat shaped, it's flat. You open it up like a toilet. You open it up like a it, toilet, it actually, you open the lid, and then you sit on it. quite a lot of people when they wow. fell through the glass. Full of fat people. Fat people? We're fat people. I don't know. People have got snow blindness by doing their faces, but that's on them. Right. Wear sunglasses. What? Great What's way to get tan balls, by the way. I'm about to say. 
when you need that all over, I've just been photocopied. Look. No, no, no. I like an all-over tan, except for the shaft. The when you just need to just get the balls done as well. Just you got a super white shaft. That's why you call it your lightsaber. <laughs> yes, exactly. You take your pants off. Exactly. Exactly. See you coming from miles away. Oh, they can see me coming from. Mi- anyway, let's. Uh, Xerox, uh, we talked nope, about we're them. Done. Oh, no, we're we're done game. Xerox. No. Um, and I think we've polluted that in the minds of everybody. So, what's next for UX and UI? Holograms. Holographic uh, interfaces. Why holograms? Because uh, HUDs on, on, on cars that can show the map of where you need to go. All right. Uh, it's a bit short-sighted, but yeah, okay. It was Fine. on Mission Impossible. Um... Like brain controlled UX that don't record any sort of like uh, stuff. Well, can, can we come back to brains? Because we've got input okay. and we've got uh, like the whole conversational thing is happening right now. Right. Where they're like, oh, talk to your shit. Yes, sure. Yeah, there's a big thing. Yeah, of course, Why Siri. Are you green? Siri, turn on the Xbox, Aaron Paul, yeah. turning on Xboxes with the advert. All uh, that no, we, we've done this a bit. But yeah, at the sure. same time, the interface of uh, natural language yep. is becoming increasingly viable. And uh, Stephen Hawkins using the old blinker to. The old twitcher and the muscle. I don't think they're using that as like a mark of progress. That's you why, though. Yeah, it is. I'm learning. Anyway, go on. So the whole idea that we're going to be, uh, we're not typing anymore, we're not pushing buttons anymore, we're just like shouting at things. Yep. You're like running along the road and you're like, found my wife! (laughs) That's good stuff. I see this as a bit of a step backwards. Sure. Because um, with the best of the world, I'm kind of a little bit of a futurist in this. But I don't think it's like... If I've texted using Siri and it's the dumbest thing in the world. Yeah. Hey, like running. Hey, Siri, text Carolina. I'll be home for dinner in a bit. Stop. And it either realizes it's a period or not, and it's a whole, it's a whole thing. It, yeah. It's very, it feels a bit early days, perhaps. I think the trouble is that as well, it's also the inefficiency of spoken communication. I appreciate the irony of actually saying this on <laughs> oh, a <no>. recorded <laughs> audio format where people yeah, will nice. download and listen nice. to. But it's it's really inefficient. Yep. At the same time, there's a whole bunch of foibles and what have you. It's cute and what have you, yeah, but yeah. there are better ways. But I think cute is the key word, right? Siri's really good if you need to start a timer for 20 minutes because you're cooking. Siri is not so good if you need to bury a body. Yeah, it's a really cute. It's really cute. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. Output-wise, what have we got coming up? We've got virtual reality, we've got augmented reality. Sure. Now, try designing an interface for a phone. That's quite hard. Now, try designing an interface that just has to overlay the world. Google Glasses. Yeah, they were terrible. Yeah, from what I understand, Google. yes. They, they literally are Google geniuses Google contact lenses. Um, no, not the thing itself, but how if you're going to have a system where you can look through a lens and have data overlaid, how does that work? Right. Because do I track the side of your face with your... Dear God, you're not actually asking me, are you? <laughs> no, I'm saying... Twitter handle, Facebook page, Instagram, yeah. yeah. That would certainly make Twitter and Facebook more, uh, slightly more um, accountable if that was like, oh, this guy's this guy's Twitter handle. Oh, you're a fucking troll. It'd be great. You could, like, stab people in the street. It'd be great. Yeah. Were you... What? Twitter's a horrible, terrible place. We've had this conversation. Anyway, moving on. I quite like it. I hate um, it. And, of course... What about the brainwaves, Mike? What about them brainwaves? Yeah, that'll be much better. Because what I would like to posit, if I may. Yes. Um, Lemon posit. Posit. Oh, posit. So you're going to make me a posit. Is a world where rather than typing yeah. or speaking, yeah. or any of this crappy organic You're just thinking. Shit, you just think. Like the sex machines in Demolition Man. And. <laughs> yes. Kind of. <laughs> Although... They bone with them helmets on. It's like telepathic sex. Not going to lie. There's a certain degree of biology that just can't be argued with. It would have been hilarious, by the way, if you got down there and it actually turns out that they just have it sewn up now. There's a fantastic, like, there's no there's, there's a fantastic theory about Demolition Man about how she's actually his daughter. Ew. Uh, no, so not only Brainwaves in, which the they're working out. on. So you know you're way. talking about, like we were saying earlier, you're talking about Inception. Brain moves out. You can shoot me a message to say, in my brain... Well, I'm just going to say that all of the stuff that we're currently doing... Oh, I should doing, go to the pub at 8 o'clock, because that's where Rob's going to be there. All of the stuff that we're currently trying to do with phones and computers well, and tablets and TVs... 
we're trying to basically build a layer over something that is completely artificial that we can interact with in a way that we recognize as being real. Yeah. And we see and we hear and we touch and we feel and we smell. And we you know. But um, If I can very quickly put on my tinfoil hat, and I don't know how much battery life we have left, but I just want to say this very quickly. I don't know how much people are... What's... It, that sounds amazing. Idealistically, it sounds fantastic. But letting people inside your head seems a little bit, how can I say this, thought police Well, at the moment... Because it's all altruistic and it's all fantastic and that's how it starts and it's fantastic and it's brilliant. And then it's like minority report. Ooh. Yeah. But at the moment, if I want <laughs> Are you to arguing with minority report? <laughs> yes. Well, that's a bit scary. Why? Well... Think about it. Hang on, have you seen Minority Report? Yes. That's why. Uh, (laughs) So that's why. No, because at the moment, if we want to interact with something, we have these crude lumps of metal and glass. Yeah, sure, exactly. Why not remove those entirely from the equation? You remove that entirely, and I remove the fact that I I no longer... I never again have to type ducking, because, for one, my brain knows exactly what I mean. No, no, that's fair enough. But also... There's no predictive texting when your brain is doing the writing. When somebody sends me a recipe for souffle, or... uh, What are you talking about? And what I want to do, more than anything else, is practice folding. I'm talking about the point where you will still need simulation, whether it's for leisure or for business. So second life. (laughs) Um, Yeah, all of this. And the thing is, to go back to the souffle example. You ever made a souffle? Yes. Right. So how terrified were you trying to fold the bits together for the first time? And what happens when you have a system that can not only show you exactly how that should work, but can convince your brain that you are holding in one hand a metal spoon, in the other hand a bowl full of egg whites, you can feel the texture as you fold. That sounds like brainwashing, Rob. What about if I wanted to say that we actually (laughs) square off in Street Fighter 17? Right. And... By and virtue of this country. interaction, yeah. we are both completely separate, connected by a network. Right. And when I throw a punch, you feel it. But you don't. There's no uh, damage, there's I, no physical. To that, I would to say, I think I got my ass kicked enough at school to want to try and do that again. But <laughs> yeah. That sounds amazing. All right, let's that put a positive fantastic. spin on it. No, that, that, sounds, that, that, that is a positive medicine. spin. That does sound fantastic. Sure. Remote surgery. If you could teach me to, if I'm up a mountain not and about you knowledge, fall down. It's about experience. So you I'm still not, need to be a trained I'm not understanding doctor. the delineation. Well, right. at the moment, you have doctors who do keyhole surgery. Right. Where they will basically feel their way around, but it's a much tinier entry point. Sure. And they are still doing surgery. They're locked into a completely false view. They cannot see that So view. it's not that they, they already know what to do. It's just that they've got the confidence to do it. Yes. Because they have the experience but of doing it. You do that, and instead of having to squint into goggles, it's just there, because you tap into the visual processing centre of the brain. Yeah, okay. The yeah. force feedback that you get from that scalpel, cutting through an artery that, by the way, is as tall as you are, yeah, of course. is yeah. as precise as if you were actually holding the thing. Sure. Okay, yeah, fine. Fair That's enough. where we are. Right. If you want to learn Kung Fu, no, great. Is that, is that where we are or where we're going? That's where we're going. <laughs> right, it's good. It just feels a bit... Letting in people inside your brain, man. First of all, I mean, I get arrested almost immediately. Letting people inside your brain... But I know, but I think input is fine, but we're talking about input and output. Input is fine, but what they can get out, it just feels a bit thought police-ish. But it's like anything. Everything's a double-edged sword. Everything is... Having a bloody iPhone is a double-edged sword. It's all a double-edged sword, but... Yeah... It's good and it's scary. This has been the tech segment of We're Drunk and We Know Things. We've been talking about UI and UX. I am absolutely fucking terrified for a change. Again? Yeah, but yeah, it's going to be all good, I guess. It'll be fine as long as Rob holds my hand, apparently. We'll There's no to... way you live to see any of yeah, this. Yeah, yeah it'll, be, no, it'll be fine. I'll be a robot from the future coming back to save Carl Reese. I'm flipping the genders. It's 2018. We've been in JB's drinking various and many beers. Our producer has been Peterson Smog Rocket. And next month, we're doing... Who comes after you? V. V. Jesus, Mary, Mother of God. We're doing V next month. Ta.
I will be sober in the morning, madam. You will still be ugly. Anyway, move on. Thank you, and don't call me madam. <laughs> when they introduce people on their game, game show, and they say hello and they wave, I used to say hello and wave back. And so when people walk into a, into a house and like, we're watching Fringe the other night and someone said, hello, every time I just go, hello, because it makes me laugh. Someone sneaks in, there's no light, he's got a gun, he's an FBI agent, hello, and just the killer just is like, hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like pe- wafer thin. If you imagine a Petri dish, but like, if you imagine one of those pizza stones, it's like that. A Petri pizza stone? A Petri pizza stone. It's a pizza stone, but it's covered in bacteria. (laughs) Are we doing a podcast? I think so.